Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to be able to join you this morning. Uh, as we have an opportunity <clears throat> to, to study God's word together, which is a, a, a great thing. Uh, this word can, I believe, touch our lives, change it, uh, and get us deeper and deeper in our walk. So uh, let's take a minute. Let's stretch a minute. That's kind of like tradition to unwind the body and to lift your hands to the Lord. And more importantly, let's take a minute and let's pray right now, uh, that God's spirit would unfold Joshua 1 to us. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, uh, to be able to start the day with you right in front of us, Lord, that you would be our focus. Uh, we know, Lord, that you can change our lives in just powerful ways through your spirit. And we know, Lord, one of the ways you do that is through your word. Uh, and we thank you for your word, Lord, that can transform us, that can renew us. So I just pray for each of my brothers and sisters on the screen here, Lord, that you would touch them, that you would touch me. Uh, and Lord, we just pray that you would be exalted and that you would be just uh, revealed to us in a fresh way. And I just pray, Lord, the parts that you want for each of us individually, Lord, you would just highlight them and underline them that we wouldn't miss your words to us personally. So we thank you, Lord, and we just come with an expectant spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Joshua 1, let's jump in. <clears throat> now it came about that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I'll be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you will give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't tremble or be dismayed. 
for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp. He commanded the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you are to cross this Jordan, to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember, the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But you shall cross before your brothers in battle array, all your valiant warriors, and you shall help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he gives you. And they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words and all that you command him shall be put to death only be strong and courageous. Amen. Well, as we're looking at the story of Joshua, uh, Joshua really is the story of Israel's gradual conquest of the promised land. And when they get in, uh, we see that land is divided between the different tribes. God also basically said to Joshua, when you come in and you encounter these pagan nations, utterly destroy them. And you might say like, well, wow, that's really tough. But God said that because they were so corrupt and so evil that the Lord knew if Israel mixed with them, that it would be not a good picture and that Israel would be dragged down by a pagan influence. And by the way, they did not drive off all the, the pagans. And because of that, they began to decline spiritually. So that's the overview of the book of Joshua. But before I say anything, I just want to uh, ask you a question, okay? And this is the question I like to kind of reverberate in your mind as we go through the study. And here's the question. Do you want to be a success in life or do you want to be a failure? Okay? Do you want to be a success or a failure. Now, it's not an obviously uh, hard question, but it's to the point. So as we look at uh, Joshua, I'm not going to go through the entire first chapter. I want to go through the first nine verses, because I think that's really where the meat is in this study. And it's broken to me into three specific spots. Number one, God's command to Joshua. Number two, God's formula for success. And number three, what I would call the faith principle. So let's look at number one, God's command to Joshua. So when you think about it, uh, before we just jump into to verse one, I want you to get into the shoes of Joshua. If you can imagine what it was like to be Joshua. We looked at the book of Exodus, Leviticus, 
Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all those center upon the prominence of a man by the name of Moses. He is really the important one. He's the one that walked into God's presence. He's the one that received the Ten Commandments. He's the one that literally, uh, by God's grace, opened up the Red Sea. He led the people of Israel all through the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, in a very real sense, in a sense, he was the Billy Graham of his generation. The one that was known beyond anybody else <coughs> to be God's servant. Now, I asked myself, if I was Joshua, how would I feel? How would you feel? I mean, he is so prominent, Moses is. And if I was Joshua, I think I would be intimidated. I think I'd be overwhelmed. And I probably would be anxious. And that's not news, because if you look at the beginning of Moses' call, book in the book of Exodus, when God said, hey, Moses, by the way, I'm going to choose you and you're the one that's going to lead my people to the promised land. Moses didn't jump for joy, but he tried every way to get out of that call. He was intimidated. He was scared. He didn't want to do it. But God said, basically, you're going to do it. And I think that's the same way Joshua felt like, I can't do this. I know Moses could, but what about me? So with that in mind, uh, I think we need to realize uh, that God was there to help Joshua, to encourage him, and to strengthen him. So if you look at Joshua 1, let's look at 1 and 2. Now, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. So, really, I think what the Lord's going to be doing here to Joshua is, in a sense, give him a pep talk. Okay, Joshua, okay, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And I look at verse five. This is what he says to Joshua. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. In other words, Joshua, no Israelite nor no pagan will be able to overcome you. Now, I want to give you an extended portion of scripture. So keep your finger in Joshua one. And if you'd flip back uh, to the book before in Deuteronomy seven. Uh, and it's worth flipping if you can do that. Deuteronomy 7, 16. I want us to look at uh, verses 16 to 21. So God said, there's nobody that's going to stand before you. Nobody. And he said something very, very similar through Moses to the people of Israel. And basically, he says this to the people of Israel uh, through Moses. This is Deuteronomy 7, 16. And you shall consume all the peoples whom the Lord God will deliver to you. Your eyes shall not pity them, neither shall you serve their gods, for that would be a snare to you. If you say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? And, you know, that's what's basically Israel's thinking. Like, oh, there's no way this little nation of Israel is going to overwhelm all this pagan society. And then basically, <clears throat> the Lord says, well, that, that comes to your mind. 
obviously it would. Uh, look at verse 18. You shall not be afraid of them. You shall well remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. So basically, uh, Moses is saying under the inspiration of the spirit, hey, people of Israel, don't be afraid. Don't panic. Remember, remember, that's the big, big word. Remember, God is with you. Remember, Israelites, remember all the plagues that God sent upon Egypt, how he humbled Egypt. Israel, remember, remember how God opened the Red Sea. Do you remember that, Israelites? Do you remember what he did? He allowed you to walk through there and destroyed Pharaoh's army. Israel, do you remember all through the wilderness how he supplied your every single need? And Moses is saying, Israel, get it in your mind. Get it in your mind. Remember God's outstretched hand, all that he did. And then look at verse 20. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet against them. This is the, the evil pagans. Until those who are left and hide themselves from you perish. You shall not dread them. And here's a key one. For the Lord your God is in your midst. And I love these last words. A great and an awesome God. A great and an awesome God. He's saying God is great. He's awesome. He is a big, 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 big awesome God. And what he says here, if we go back uh, to Joshua, Joshua 1, 5, again, God, I think, is saying to Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, which we've just looked at in Deuteronomy. And then he's saying, Joshua, listen to me. Listen, Joshua. And I could almost see like a, a mom looking at her child where she gets a hold of the kid and says, look at me. Look at me. Look at my eyes. Listen to me. And I think God's saying, Joshua, just as I've been with Moses, just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you, Joshua. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong, Joshua, and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the Lamb which I swore to their fathers to give them. So I just hear God emphasizing word by word by word to Joshua, I'm going to be with you. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to drop the ball. I'm going to equip you, Joshua. I'm going to defend you, Joshua. I'm going to support you. And I will be there every step of the way with you, Joshua. And because of all that, because Lord, I'm going to do that, I'll be with you, I'll not fail you. Then he says, Joshua, because of those facts, verse six, be strong then, Joshua, because of what I've said, be strong. And Joshua, you be courageous. And as if, um, 
the Lord is trying to underline. I mean, the Lord is just driving this home over and over and over and over in Joshua's mind. To emphasize it, in verse 7, in the beginning, he says to Joshua, only be strong and very courageous. And again, he drives it home in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, Joshua. So, I think the Lord is saying, uh, Joshua, how are you to handle fear? Joshua, how are you to handle anxiety? And I believe he's saying, Joshua, you remember, as it says at the end of 9, I am with you wherever you go. Anywhere you go, Joshua, there's no way you can step out of my presence. Every step you take, I am there with you, Joshua, every step of the way. And I think he would say, just remember, Joshua, I am a great and I am an awesome God and I'm a big God. And I'm bigger than any nation that you're going to encounter. Joshua, I'm bigger than any problem you're going to encounter. I've got it. I've got you, Joshua. I've got you. Be courageous. You're going to do what I've asked you to do. And I believe the Lord is saying the same thing to us. I mean, you know, people are human, folks. We had emotions back then in the days of Joshua. They're, they're the same as us. They feel the way we feel. We feel like them and vice versa. So there's times I'm sure all of us are going to feel a sense of intimidation with life, a sense of anxiety, a sense of being overwhelmed, a sense like, I can't handle this. I can't do this. And I think I hear God saying to each of us, everybody on the screen, hey, listen to me carefully. I am with you. I won't forsake you. I'm going to get you through whatever you're going through, only be courageous. Again, I, I hear the Lord saying to us what he said to Joshua, Joshua, us, I am an awesome, big God. And here's the key word, remember, 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 remember who I am. I am the great and I'm the awesome God. I made the heavens and the earth and everything in it. I am big. I created everything. Remember, whether you're an Israelite or whether we're in 2023, remember, I opened up red seas. I caused the sun at times to stand still. I'm the one that raised Jesus from the dead. And as we read the Bible, we see many, 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 many exploits of God, many exploits of all that he's done. So many, many things that they're there and they're literally waiting for us to be able to discover them. So I think we need to know as we go through life and we go through life, there's a lot of things that we go through. It could be relationship issues. There's plenty of them out there. There could be a financial squeeze. There could be issues uh, with health. Uh, there could be issues with you fill in the blank. I don't know. What is your issue today? What seems so big in your mind that is overwhelming 
and that you feel like it's going to just crush you and wipe you out. And I hear the Lord saying, basically, hey, I know it's a big problem, but I am bigger because I am the great and I'm the awesome God and I can handle it if you put it in my care and if you trust me. So I think when we face these challenges and hard times, I hear the Lord clearly say, number one, remember who I am. Remember who I am. Number two, remember that I'm with you. Remember who I am. Remember I'm with you. And number three, remember, I want to be your support and I want to be your victory and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. That's cool. I love chapter one of Joshua. It is so cool. Now, look at another thing. God has a formula for success. And I asked that question at the beginning. You want to be a success and a failure? I would hope every single one on this page would say, yep, I want to be a success. I mean, you know, if you want to be a failure, that's not a good picture. And God says, okay, uh, if you want to be a success, God's laying it out clear as we're here are my instructions. And if you follow them, God's literally saying, I will guarantee you that you will prosper and you'll be a success. And God always keeps his word. So you want to be a success and prosper? He says this as we go on in seven. Only be strong and very courageous. Here it is. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. So God is saying very, very, very clearly, if you want to be a success, be careful. It says to do all the law of Moses, and for that would be to keep what's in the entire book here. So guess what? What we're doing here is so important in the soaping, and we need to do that at 6 a.m., but we need to do that in our own personal study, is we need to study the Word of God so we know it so well that we know what God has promised us, but we also know what He asks us to do, and by the way, so that we get to know who He is. Probably those are the biggies. Read the Bible to get to know God, get to know what he promises, and get to know what he wants you to do. So God says, guess what? If you want to prosper, then be careful to do what I've asked you to do. And I've hammered this home uh, pretty much in many of the studies. It's so important to be obedient. It's not optional for a Christian. It's not optional. If God asks us to do something, we need to do it. But the Lord goes on a little bit further, and he says, if you want to be success, success, here it is. Verse 8, very, 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 very super-duper important verse. This book of the law, that would be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy for the Jew, but it would be the whole Bible for us. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Okay? The Lord said, if you want to prosper, you need to meditate on God's word. Okay? So, meditate means a lot more than just reading the word. Okay, I've read Joshua 1 today. That's cool. I'll do Joshua 2. I'm just reading information. The Lord says, no, 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 no. 
good to get information, but he says, you need to think about the information that you put in your mind. And the word uh, there, meditate, could also mean to mutter. Uh, do you ever talk to yourself? <laughs> I think we all do at times. And I think Moses is saying, mutter the word of God to yourself. Ponder it. Think about it. <clears throat> Don't just rush through it. It would be the same as if I put a lozenger in my mouth and I just chewed it up, boom, boom, boom. And in 30 seconds, it's gone. The idea of a lozenger is to, <clears throat> excuse me, to put it under your tongue and to suck on it. And I think the Lord says, meditate on my word, ponder it, pray over it. Uh, let it get from your head. Let it get deep into your heart. Uh, the word meditate uh, would also mean to kind of digest it. Uh, what I think is pretty cool illustration, uh, when you talk about digesting the word of God, we know a cow has five stomachs, I believe five to be exact. And the way the cow would eat grass, it would eat grass, it would put it in its mouth and chew it up. It goes into stomach number one and is beginning to broke down by some of the acids and then it's regurgitated and the cow chews it again. And then it goes down into stomach number two, and then it's regurgitated. And this process goes on over and over. So the grass actually is chewed up and is totally assimilated into the system of the cow. I think that's what the Lord says. Meditate means like digest it, chew this word up, ponder it, pray over it till it comes alive. I think we've all had that experience. You're reading the word of God, and that's nice, that's nice. And then all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit opens the verse to you, and there's a revelation, and you say, wow. And I think that's what meditation is to do, is to get it from just a mental concept so that it drops, and then there's a wow when the Holy Spirit makes it alive to you. Um, let me just give you a, a brief illustration of meditation. Uh, if you looked, uh, and I'm just going to, you can, you know, We've, we've all memorized this thing. But if, let's say you want to meditate just a little touch on Psalm 23. And you know the way it starts. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And it's interesting. <clears throat> meditate means to, to break down, to think about, to chew about. So it says the Lord. And if you notice, which is very cool. I didn't know this in the beginning of my walk, but when you see the Lord in the Bible, it can be L-O-R-D capital, or it can be small case. But wherever, that's another word. So you could say, shepherd, but Jehovah goes even further back, and it means uh, Yahweh. And when Moses was standing before the burning bush, and he's trying to figure out who God is, and God gives the answer, I am that I am. I mean, like that that's like heavy duty. God's saying, like, I am everything. I am. Uh, and basically, you could translate Psalm 23, I am that I am is my shepherd. Now, I don't know a better shepherd I get than I am that I am. That means the God of the universe, the one who created everything, the one who holds earth in the palm of his hands, that God 
is my shepherd. And you think about, okay, the Lord <clears throat> is my shepherd. Well, what's a shepherd do? That's a little hard for us because we don't have sheep roaming around here outside in my backyard. But for an Israelite, they were a common sight. And a shepherd's job was to take care of every single need of the sheep. Everything. Everything they needed, the shepherd was to take care of. So what it's saying is the Lord, I am that I am, is a shepherd. That means he wants to care for every single need that you have this morning. Your spiritual needs, your mental needs, your emotional needs, your social needs. I don't know, whatever needs you got, just your basic needs of food, clothing, and shelter. So God is saying, I am that I am. I am the God who made the universe. I want to be a shepherd. I want to take care of every need. And then you could say, okay, the Lord is. It's not he was or will be. That means every moment, when you step into the next moment, he is the shepherd. And you step into the next moment. He says, I am, I am, I am, I am. I will always be your shepherd moment by moment by moment the lord is and there's a very powerful word david didn't say the lord is a shepherd very impersonal very aloof david said no 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 he's my shepherd i've got to know him personally i'm intimate with my shepherd he knows me and i know him we built a deep relationship and we're on a first name basis and because of that, uh, David has such an assurance because he says, I know my God. He is big. He made the heavens and the earth, and he's a shepherd, and he's always a shepherd, and he's always my shepherd. And because of that, David says, I shall not want. And I ask myself the question today, and I'll throw it at you. Can you say that? Not just intellectually, but can you say that in your heart? Do you know beyond a shadow of a God, doubt that God said, I will take care of every need, and therefore I shall not want? And David goes and he unpacks that as you ponder and meditate on Psalm 23. Because he's a shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the, the still waters. In other words, he meets every physical need. He restores my soul. Have you ever needed that? You got out of whack? And life is all screwed up, uh, and you just can't find your way. And God says, guess what? I can restore you. I can bring you back into a peace and a joy that you lost. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, he's saying, by the way, I'm a good shepherd. I will lead you and guide you. Everyone, God has clearly said, I want to guide you and lead you as you make your decisions in life. I will unpack the way for you. And, and the shepherd says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. And it could be not just death, but it's a dark shadow. When you go through the hard times of life, the Lord says, I fear no evil. Because David says, I know you're with me. And guess what? That's exactly what he said to Moses. Moses, don't get wound up. Don't get upset. Don't get fearful. I'm with you. He said it to Joseph uh, in the Old Testament way back there. He said, I'm with you. He said it to Joshua, and he says it to so many other people. I'm with you. I'm with you. And he says, David says it again. 
Why don't I fear evil? Because I know God, I am that I am, is with me every single step of the way. And he goes, thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. God, you prepare a table before me, you anoint my head, my cup overflows. And David has this, can we say this? Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Is that the way you go into today? As you look into the future, do you see it as bleak? Do you see it as just a big struggle, a big problem? Or can you say, Lord, I know as I walk in tomorrow, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, your goodness and your loving kindness are going to pursue me every single day. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord together. That's like a, a quick, quick meditation. But that's what God wants. Don't just read the word quickly. I would rather take one or two sentences in my devotions and do well there than read three chapters. I think there's more power in digesting even a small portion of God's word versus I'm going to rush through it. So as we're wrapping up here, um, let me give you one more. As I'm wrapping this little chunk up, before I get one more, let me just say this. The Lord is very clear. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be a success. He wants us to have an abundant life. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to drive, uh, thrive. He wants us to experience his favor and his blessing. Doesn't mean life is going to be problem-free. God wants us to be a success. That He's the ultimate one. But by the way, you determine, God wants it, but you determine whether it's going to be yours. Because notice what he said here. Um, okay, the book of the Lord shall not depart. For then, who is it? You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. You will. Because you're doing it God's way. If you follow his formula, meditate and then do, and it's it's both, not just meditate, but do what he says, then you will make your, you create an environment through which God can put a blessing upon you. Good stuff. So wrapping up here, the last one is a faith promise. <clears throat> Look at verse three. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you. So what God is saying to Moses and to the people of Israel is you're going to take the whole promised land, but I'm not going to just drop it out of the sky. Boom. Automatically. You've got to walk it out by faith. He said, every place you step, it becomes yours. And I hear the Lord saying to basically Israel, do what I tell you, step out in faith, and I'm going to give you another chunk of the land. And he told that in Jericho, we'll look at that down the road. Hey, if you do something specific, you start marching around there and do what I tell you in faith, you're going to have Jericho. And then God may have an, an instruction for another conquest and another and another and another. And he says, step out, step out, Israel. And I will give it to you, but I can't do anything unless you step out in faith. So bottom line, we're not stepping out in trying to appropriate a promised land like the Israelites. We're stepping out into our spiritual inheritance. And folks, we are millionaires from a spiritual perspective when we become born again and give our lives to Christ. Literally. 
spiritual millionaires. Uh, and it's interesting. Uh, let me give you two, well, actually three verses that bear that out. In 2 Peter verse, uh, 2 Peter 1, let's say, verse 3, it says this, seeing that God's divine power has granted to us, that's you and me, everything pertaining to life and godliness. Okay? When you're born again, God has granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Ephesians 1.3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Get it? It's a past tense. It's already in the bank. All these things are not in the future. They're now, right now, in your spiritual account. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's amazing. Every spiritual blessing. And one last verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. That we might know the things freely given to us. There is tons of stuff in our spiritual bank account. And I try to pray every day, Lord, I want a greater revelation of who you are. Holy Spirit, let me see Christ in a greater way. And help me to be able to appropriate, Father, everything that's in Christ. I don't want to miss one thing. And ultimately, I think we can pray that because we want God to be glorified to the maximum amount in and through our lives. So I hear what God said here. Place your soul and the foot. And as you do, Israel, and step out in faith, you'll receive what I have to give. And I think God's saying there are promises upon promises upon promises upon promises in the Bible, all over the Old Testament, all over the New Testament. And what I hear the Lord saying is, okay, you need to step out on those promises. They're not going to do any good just being locked in a book. We need to read those promises and say, Lord, I'm going to step out on that promise. And I'm going to trust you to make that promise a reality in my life. And I think as we step out, God says, guess what? You're going to be able to now access all that's in heaven while you walk on the earth. So folks, we are rich, uh, rich spiritually. I mean, get into the Bible. It is filled with amazing jewels and diamonds and spiritual treasures that are off the scale, but we can't appropriate them if we don't know what they are. And not only do we need to know what they are, we need to then step out in faith and say, Lord, take this promise, take it from my head, make it a reality in my heart by the spirit. And Lord, thank you. I'm going to access all that you can do for your glory and honor. So man, I love Joshua 1. Absolutely love it. Knowing who God is, that he's with us. He's not going to fail us. He tells us to how to have a prosperous life, which is so cool and full. And then he tells us also, we are spiritually rich. And he says, okay, church, it's up to you to access it. So let's, let's pray and let's give thanks. Lord, we thank you for Joshua 1. Thank you, Lord. It's his one super rich chapter. 
And I thank you, Lord, just for the words of encouragement, Lord, that whatever we're going through today, you're just saying to each of us, remember who I am. Remember who I am. Don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on the predicament. Focus on who I am. Thank you, Lord. You are a great God. And you said you're with us. You'd never leave us and forsake us. You said you'd support us. You'd give us victory. Lord, we are. We're just thankful. Thankful for this, Lord. Thankful that you also want us to prosper and thrive and have an abundant life. And you've made it very clear. So I just pray, help us, Lord, every one of us to meditate on your word, not just read it in our brains, but Lord, to, to meditate, to get it from the head to the heart, Lord, uh, so that the light switch goes on. I pray that, Lord, uh, help us, Lord, to do what you've asked us to do, because then we can be prosperous. And Father, we thank you for the spiritual bank account that is ours. Uh, Father, we pray, help us to be able to write checks on that spiritual account. Uh, Lord, that we can bring you glory and honor and praise. So, Lord, thank you for being with each one of my brothers and sisters, Lord. Just make your face shine upon them and make us a blessing, Lord, wherever we go this day. And it's in your name we ask you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, folks. God bless you.